And that was my next thing I was telling people is like, I love nutrition. I got a degree in it. But when I woke up and do it, it's not the same as it was with beer and wine and spirits. It was not this gut feeling, you know, and, and just wanting to, to go out there and do it. And that's when I knew beer, wine and spirits was my purpose, listening to my mind, my heart and my gut on, on that, those things. And, and what I tell people is when you, when you go, when you switch from that and your purpose, you have to go all in. You have to trust it. This is episode number 133 with Jeff Bradford. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. I'm a real estate investor, entrepreneur, coach, and the co-host here, along with my partner, Gold Star Wife, author and speaker, Barbara Allen. And we have another amazing show for you here today, another exceptional American with an incredible and inspiring story. Uh, But before we get to that, I just want to remind all of you, especially if you're a first-time listener, what this podcast is all about. First off, this is a patriotic, entrepreneurial, mindset-driven interview show that focuses on the American dream. We are relentlessly patriotic. We are avid supporters of our military, our veterans, and their families. And we believe that we live in the greatest country on earth because of the freedoms and the personal liberties that we all have here. And we are committed to doing our part to keep it that way. We want our stories and the guests that we feature here to help fuel your own passions in life so you too can live your own version of the American dream. So if you believe in what we're doing here, you believe in our work, you believe in this mission, and you enjoy listening to the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, share this with a friend, and share it on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at American Snippets. All right, so enough of that. Let's get on to this week's episode. Jeff Bradford spent over 20 years serving his country. He gave all of himself to service, including 10 years in the Special Forces. But rather than sit back and relax after such an intense career, Jeff went all in again. This time, he's traveling the globe, connecting cultures through the art of alcohol. Jeff sold all his possessions and worked on a strict budget to visit one special location after another in places most people only dream of visiting so he could meet the people behind crafting various kinds of alcoholic beverages. Much like Anthony Bourdain shared the lives, cultures, and lifestyles of people all over the world by sharing their meals and the stories behind them, Jeff is preparing to launch a similar series with alcoholic beverages of all types on his show, Drink Destinations. So listen in as Jeff talks about his strategy to be able to go all in in creating his own version of the American dream, the passion he has for what he's doing now, and his tips for anyone else with a vision and a dream. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Jeff Bradford. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. 
Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen, and today I have the great pleasure of sitting down with Jeff Bradford. You are going to want to tune into his story for so many reasons. One, off the top of my head, for me personally, man, I I admit I love my wine, I love my tequila, I love a cold beer on a hot day or sometimes a cold day, and you know, the more training I get into, the more in-depth I'm going after my own career, I hear people say, stop drinking cut alcohol out, get away from the booze. You know, Jeff is the other way around. He's like, bring it on, baby. It's so much so he has followed his passion for wine, beer, and spirits all across the world. He is on his way to becoming the Anthony Bourdain of booze, man. And we cannot wait to get into his story. It is unlike anyone we have ever interviewed before because of what he's doing. I'm very excited to bring him to you today to talk about his new business, Beer, Wine, and Spirits, and the show Drink Destinations coming on out. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. I'm glad we caught you in one spot. Yeah, no, Barb, thanks for that intro. And and I'm honored to be part of the amazing guests that you've had on the podcast. A lot of them are virtual mentors of, of mine. So I'm just honored and thank you for allowing me to be part of the podcast. That's great. And you know, that's one of the things that I love. There's no way I'd ever, ever meet any of these people, including you, if we didn't just say, hey, this is what we want to do and go all in on doing it, right? So I think there's a lot that you and I can relate to in those stories. And for your story, you've met people you definitely would not have met if you did not go all in on. For people that don't know, I'll give you a quick backstory. Jeff has started Beer, Wine, and Spirits. is where some people dream of retiring from their career, which we'll talk about what his career was. Also impressive, far from impressive, you know, for 20 years. And then he retired from that career and just went all in, sold everything traveled the world to follow his passion, bringing you this new show on cultural culture behind the beer, wine, and spirits around the world. So let's talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about the point you retired, then we'll go back and talk about what you retired from. How's that? Sounds great. I know there's a lot to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you were at this turning point in your life and you said, how old were you when you were like at that retirement point? Yeah, so you know, just like anybody that's that served you, I was a I was a master sergeant uh, right at the eighteen year mark. Uh, you know, looking at the list for sergeant major and and really talking to people about okay, you know, I I'm looking pretty good to make it on my first look based off of what I've done in my career. Uh, but that's a six year you know that's a six year commitment. You know, there's a lot more years onto it. And I went back and forth. I really, it was so, so difficult for me at that time because I loved the military. You know, I loved serving my country. I loved the, you know, the uh, camaraderie. I loved everything about it, you know, playing Army, you know, even at, at my old age, at the end of 30, you playing know. Playing Army, yeah. Yeah, playing <laughs> Army, man. Uh, that, I, it, it was, I was, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And but again, I just struggled back and forth at the end of my career saying, do I really want to commit or do I want, you know, that's going to put me at, and you know, 46, 48, 50 years old, or do I go do something else? Go, you know, go do something that's creative, go figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was thinking about all these different things and ultimately led and said, you know what, I'm going to go take a chance. I'm going to go you know, pursue, I'm going to write down a list of my passions and go figure out what I want to do and do something for myself. And that's what I ended up doing. I ended up retiring uh, after 20 years and uh, yeah, going all in on uh, the beer, wine and spirits. 
I love it. But did uh, I see somewhere you wrote down your list of passions, right? And beer, wine, yeah. spirits was not necessarily number one. You like yeah, ticked through your list no. first. <laughs> oh, that's that's so great because a lot of people yeah. think, you know, like uh, I just just fell on this. It was like beer, wine, and spirits, and that was it, and that became my purpose. And literally, it was probably on the list. It was right around you know four or five. You know, I knew the biggest thing I knew was and getting out of the you know a couple years before getting out of the army, I know travel was a constant. I knew I wanted to travel the world, and uh, and I saved for that. I saved a lot of money to be able to do that. I was like, look. This is my gift to myself. When I get out, I'm just going to go travel and learn, you know, dive deep into the cultures and, and customs. It's something that I've always loved to do. That's one of the things I loved about the army too. And, um, but so when I was getting out, I wrote down a list of, I just going back to my childhood of what did I love doing? Right. And I, and you know, I'm in my late thirties, I've done a ton of stuff. And that's the, the crucial thing about it is I've tried a lot of different things in, you know, music to art to, uh, you know, this, that and the other. So and I just really looked and wrote down, like, what did I love doing? Um, so, you know, I, I got into travel was the constant. And, um, you know, I, I, I started my first thing I started to do was actually is it's pretty interesting. I, I, those audio guided tours now that are apps. So I was like, okay, I'll use, I'll, I'll do that. I'll go to a city and I'll figure out a tour around, for example, Rome. So I'll pick the Colosseum and write about it and kind of enter and, and hit waypoints and work, you know, and, and figure out how to create a, you know, travel app, you know, that people can go to Rome and then listen to it and walk it around. And it was cool, right? You know, at first, but I, <laughs> after about a month, I was like, uh, I just, I'm not waking up with that fire and that desire to do it. And uh, so again, I said, okay, let me go to the next thing. And so tattoos, I, uh, you know, I, I love art. I love tattoos. So what did I do? I, I, as I was traveling around, I said, okay, let me interview these, um, you know, uh, amazing tattoo artists, you know, and take pictures of the artwork that they're doing and bring that to life. Again, cool. I, I liked it, but after about a month, again, it would just, Kind of died out to me and i just was like i wasn't waking up wanting to do that fast forward to a couple more things i got down to beer wine and spirits and one of the things about that is i was always curious you know i was stationed with the 173rd airborne brigade in italy i was in uh bomberg germany um you know one of the things i was always uh around especially in italy right i got there at 20 years of age and there's a bottle of wine sitting in front of me i look at the label and I said, I was curious after I tried it of who made it and how it was made. Uh, same thing if I had a beer or, you know, whiskey or so on and so forth. So I, so I got down to that part of the, uh, you know, the list of my passions and I woke up and did it. And I, it was just like anything else. It was unlike anything else that I did before. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. I couldn't wait to do it again. And a month went by. And even through all the rejection, right? Because can you imagine somebody calling you up a brewery and saying, you want to come what? Learn the process. And so I got, I got a lot of no's in the beginning. I got, you know, I, for one, yes, I probably got 50 no's. And, and it was interesting because I didn't care. I was like, I was so, I was such a high to get that one yes. And what was very cool. And I think, um, you know, looking back on it is those breweries and distilleries that said yes, were the right ones. For example, you know, uh, I, I always tell people the very first brewery that said yes to me was in Belgium is delirium. It's that pink elephant. They make a beer called Tremens. It's, it's world, you know, it's pop, It's very, very popular beer. 
And uh, they said yes. And, uh, and, and that's what sparked everything. And, and again, I was just, I loved it. And three months went by, I loved it. And it was so cool because I couldn't wait to come back. And, and can you imagine sit down next to somebody like yourself and be like, all right, guess what? I just came from, you know, delirium and made this awesome beer. And they're like, Jeff, like, like, why don't you video this? And I'm like, hell no. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I've been shying away the cameras, you know, for you know, my military career. I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like to be part of that. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. Um, and then I started thinking about it and saying, you know what, Jeff, you're, you're, you're tired. Like do something that's, you know, that your fear, you know, that, that do something that, that's out of your comfort zone. Just go for it. Try it. You, you're never going to know what's going to happen. And then you're probably going to regret it. That was the my thought process in my mind. And so I said, well, what the hell? I'll, I'll try it. So the first time I did it, I, you know, I had a camera and it's just I'm trying to film myself and it's shaky. It's horrible and stuff like that. But what I noticed out of that was one, I, I captured a lot more than I did trying to write it down. Um, and, and two, I was like, wow, you know, this could be something actually because there was I was getting the, the shots of the beautiful senior of where I was traveling and so on and so forth. But one thing I knew I was just like, you know what? I need to find somebody that can actually do this professionally. And then I was looking at videographers and so on and so forth. So and uh and yeah the bug I just caught it. It was it, it was I loved it. I absolutely was passionate about it. Despite the constant rejection and negativity. I couldn't wait to prove them wrong and go after it and do it again and again. So you did say a lot of things there that I definitely want to touch on a lot of points. And you broke down to, you know, questions that I was going to have you, you know, talking points that I was going to have you bring up. I mean, between the rejection, the nose, the idea you had, the people saying you're crazy, that you can't do this, you know, the, the list of things that you went through to discover that this is where you want to live. It's like dating, right? You don't necessarily need to marry the first girl you date, but you have to you know, date around, right? And then you find out like, hey, this is the one. Like this, you just kind of know it when you're, when you're in that it is a relationship with your work, you know, it is a relationship, yeah. right? And so whatever you're doing, it has to feel right. You know, when it's a good fit, you know, when you're excited about it, you know, when those hard times hit that you're going to want to push through because it's worth it. Uh, and, yeah. and, and you see the value in it both ways. Right. So talk first when you, so now you've left the military and by the way, and you were in special forces. So it cracks me up when I hear you say like, and, you know, and I see that about you, like, I was so nervous to call this person up and I needed to get out of my comfort zone. Isn't that crazy? Right. Because like you were special forces. I mean, you did things that 99.9% .9 of the population would be way out of their comfort zone doing that are way more, you know, involved, much more risk than calling somebody up and getting a no or going in front of a camera and feeling like you make a jerk. But it's funny, the things that people learn to be comfortable with and then yeah. not comfortable with. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so. I, I agree, Barb. Like I, you know, I spent five years in war, you know, and I, I was, I was right. fear of being in front of the camera, but yet you, I, I, you know, I raised my hand to be the first one to, yeah. to go back and, and fight for my country. Yeah. I, I definitely right. do. <laughs> so it's just a conflict, right? So that's, I mean, for anybody out there who may be like down on themselves, like, man, I'm such a jerk. Like I suck because I'm afraid to call this person, dude, everybody has fear, right? You take this literal warrior who's gone out, you know, in 
crazy situations, but he still gets nervous to pick up the phone and call someone or go in front of the camera. I just think that's a very universal human trait. And sometimes people think like, I can't accomplish this because I'm afraid and he must be so brave, but courage isn't, you know, the absence of fear, right? It's the, it's the action to go, to go through it. So I love that you pointed that out. I love that you're open about sharing that, that you're nervous about it. So, but you come out of the military and you're like, Hey, everybody, I'm just going to sell everything and I'm going to travel the world and study beer, wine, and spirits. And yeah. people said to you. Yeah. Uh, people are like, what? what? <laughs> uh, first, first question is, you know, from everybody's is, are you getting paid to do this? Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I was like, no. And it was immediate, you know, like you're, you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> this is wild. But again, I postured myself financially to be able to do that. And, um, you know, it was, it was a niche nobody was doing. So as I started to get in, I knew that it was going to take some time. I knew as I was getting all the rejections, I had to prove myself, you know, or prove to other people what I was, you know, what I was doing. So yeah, people thought it was nuts. And then when I told people I'm selling everything, I literally sold everything down to, uh, clothes that I can fit into a suitcase. And I said, I'm going to really become a, a student of beer, wine and spirits and really the culture of it. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go live in a country for a month and deep dive into, into the world of beer, wine and spirits. Again, another thing that people thought were, was absolutely crazy. And I still get people to say, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you just went and said, I'm going to sell everything and do that. Um, and, and yeah, and, and it's been absolutely the best decision for me. And I'll tell you something, the learning aspect of that is, you know, I had a Harley Davidson, I had, you know, the car, I had all this stuff. It was just such a weight off my shoulders, but I didn't have to worry about, you know, the, the maintenance on my car, the insurance payments and, you know, this, that, and the other. It was, it was, it was a lot of weight. Now there comes some negativities too, like, where the hell am I going to do my laundry, you know, <laughs> next and finding the coins to be able to do that, right? And, and stuff like that. But ultimately for me, you know, that minimalistic approach, I mean, it was, it was to the extreme by living in the suitcase, but there was a lot of life, you know, just day-to-day -day stuff we, we don't even realize that was taken off my shoulders because of that. I bet. I bet. And I think maybe that's part of the appeal, why people are so drawn to it, because deep down, you know, while at one hand we live in a time and in a country where there's so many opportunities and you can do anything, there's less like information overload and bombardment, bombardment with that. And still people are, you know, way down, like I'm, we're here working out of a home office and a house and, you know, you got the yard, the property, the kids, and most people in the thirties, whatever, you know, they're locked in, they're tied down. So then you may dream of going to do what you do, but few, few people get to do it until they're well into retirement age, you know, about to collect social security and they're budgeted down to the, you know, to the line that they have to do this. So what you're doing seems a little far-fetched. And sometimes I think people may be like, oh, you're crazy. You can't do it. And see if you agree with me on this is because if they know that somebody can do it or it can be done, it points back the light on them like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that, right? Like, yeah, it, no, it you sort know, of invalidates their excuses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got so much, I, you know, I got a lot of pushback because yeah. again, it's not the social norm here. Here I am I'm in my late thirties. And I'm getting rid of everything, right? And I'm going out to, to do this. <laughs> You're supposed to be That's getting married, not, having kids, I, starting a family, getting a nine-to-five. By the way, I don't have, yeah. Yeah, I don't have kids. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not married. 
it's totally against what we yep. know is, you know, the merit, you know, again, you know, what social norm of the American dream. Right. Um, and I, I was so far from that. And, and people are like, wow, you know, the other, the other thing I learned about traveling and it's, and it's interesting because everybody loves to travel, right? I always see on, you know, people's feeds, uh, you know, traveler, wanderlust, exploring and stuff. And those people, you know, those people that make a living traveling, they, they go out. I, I live, I traveled in a suitcase for a year, a little over a year. And I could tell you that what I learned from that aspect was that as a human in our DNA is that we need a nest. We need somewhere to call home. I mean, it, it weighed on me. I mean, it was, it literally me- mentally, it, it weighed on me probably about in month eight, you know, the first few months are like, Oh wow, this is awesome. Uh, but it really weighed on me afterwards. I mean, there was nights where you're by yourself, you know, and, and just living in somewhere where you don't know and, and people that you don't know, things that you don't recognize. It's, it, I can tell you it's, it's really super nice to just to be, go home, sleep in your own bed, throw your stuff everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and just, just relax. You know what I mean? And, uh, that was, that was one of the things I learned, you know, due, due to traveling that, uh, that I, that we need, you know, we need, we need that. And you need to nest. While, while people think it's so cool to go travel and stuff like, yeah, it's, it, it, it's great, but do it for a year and a half and, and it, it, it'll weigh you. It'll weigh you a lot. Yeah. Like even in the military, when you're traveling around, you still yeah. had that nest, that place to return to that. Thing, right yeah. yeah and that's all you wanted yeah. to do when you got back and that's all yeah. I wanted to do you know when I came back from deployments it's just like back in the house for you know a couple of days at least yeah so where is home now? let's start back then where did you grow up where's your home you have parents siblings what are they doing they think like you know, yeah they, so I was born and raised in Southern California uh, uh I I moved a lot Barb I you know my mom was a, a single parent you know trying to raise three kids and we moved all the time. I, I probably went to, I counted, I think 17 or 18 different schools. Wow. I mean, so it was, it was absolutely, my, my mom worked to, to put a roof over her head. So I, a lot of times I was the one cooking the dinner for, for my younger brothers. And, um, you know, I was, I, what I, looking back when I was growing up is, you know, I was mowing lawns just to, because my mom was taking us to pay less to buy those XJ 900s for oh, all you out there yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that went there and, uh, you know, and, and know that brand. And so I went out and mowed lawn because I didn't want, you know, kids, you know, kids are looking at you like, oh, he's, he's wearing that. I wanted to wear the Nikes like everybody else. And mm-hmm. so I, I mowed lawns and, and worked, you know, paper routes and worked and hustled baseball cards, you know, would buy them and try to sell them. And, and, you know, and, and that's, how my childhood was, but we moved, you know, we moved around quite a bit. Yeah. That's why props to your mom. I know. Like I had yeah. to raise four kids on my own, four boys, you know? So I, I'm like a kindred spirit there with your mom. And I know that that's, that's tough. So, and I put that on my, you know, my kids had to do a lot of that too. They had to pick up the slack and drive their brothers around. And, you know, we miss, couldn't go to practice and birthday parties because mom's strung out, you know, it's good, but Our it gives mom. you, huh? Barb, no, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, and, and to your kids, you know, like when, when I was their age, you know, when I was their age, I looked at it as I was like, dude, this sucks. Like yeah. everybody else's parents, like what, what am I, why am I cooking? Like I'm a freaking kid, you know? And uh, looking back now, like I wouldn't trade it for the world. There were so many life lessons and points that I learned and, and just, especially who I am now, the 
especially the entrepreneurial side of things and that I did, I took for granted, right. As a kid back then that I'm so thankful for now, you know, and, and again, props to those single moms out there. Props to you, Barb. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. But look at you go now. Right. And now you're often about, was your mom worried when you were like, Hey mom, thanks for raising me. I know I just had this 20 year career in the military, but you know, now I'm going to go off and and do this. My mom, my mom is my biggest supporter in the world, but she also looked at me and said, Jeff, you can do, you can take your 20 years and yeah. you can go get a six figure job contracting, doing something. What the hell are you doing? son?" <laughs> uh, that's what I got. And, uh, and yeah. a lot of my family, you know, and my brothers are like, what the hell? Kind of cool though. Like bring back some cool beer, but you're not getting paid, <laughs> dude. What the heck, man? A year, you know, a year after doing it, you're not getting paid, man. What the hell are you doing? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they are, they, they've been a, they've been a huge support since day one. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fun. But you are getting paid, right? I saw that you, you yeah. invested in real estate and generated yeah. passive income for yourself. So I want to talk about that for a second, because I don't know, it, oh, underlying theme of people that we, we bring on the show and talk about real estate is an overwhelming vehicle, overwhelmingly successful vehicle that people travel in to achieve the ability, the freedom, right, to, to do this. So talk about the real estate investment path. How did you decide to do that? And, you know, what is that like for you? Yeah, it, it was all by, all by chance. Thank yeah. God, you know, again, the military, you know, you're, you're able to move, you're able to go, you know. So one of the things when I when I uh, knew that I was going to Fort Bragg yeah, to work with, you know, Special Operations Command there, I, I I knew that was going to be an investment property. I was like, I am not going to live in North Carolina the rest of my life. So I, I did my homework. I said, okay, let's look at the demographic. Let's look at the schools. Let's look at what resale value is over the last 10 years, you know, and do I want a house to tend a yard? Do I want a condo? So all those questions came about, you know, that I had, I ended up finding a uh, great piece of property on the lake, really cheap and, you know, double down on my payments. You know, it was a, you know, and and yeah, I knew it was going to be a, an investment property, you know. So, um, and, and again, it just it's just one of those things that I always thought wherever I moved, you know, whether it was when I was at the hundred first or you know at, at Fort Bragg um, or elsewhere, it was look, let's let's figure out this investment piece, you know, and, and see if I can make money because I know once I get out, that's something that I could use as a, as a passive income. I knew, you know, I was. Uh, I always thought about passive income and said, you know what, this will be a great addition to my military yeah. retirement, right? Because again, you know, I said, okay, if I'm making this amount from my retirement and this, I I don't have to work or I can take my time figuring out what I want to be when I grow up mm-hmm. after the army is what I always say. Um, and that's always been my thought and my train of thought. I mean, look, when I came into the army in the beginning, you know, uh, back when I was an 18 year old kid. I knew that that retirement pension was going to be there at a very young age. And that was a driving factor of me staying through, you know, after, you know, two, two, three, four, you know, five years of, of, you know, combat, a lot of people are getting out. Uh, That was one of the major driving factors uh, of that retirement. What got you into the military? Uh, You know, one of the things I didn't like school, you know, I, I didn't. And my parents didn't have money for college. And what I thought was, well, I can go learn a trade that somebody's going to pay me. I can go learn leadership and these basic skills uh, that could carry me forward, you know, after four years. I, you know, my goal was just to do four years and then get out. And then I had some money for college. 
but yeah, just, and that was the driving factor. My, you know, my parents were, were poor and didn't have that and they couldn't put me through college. Great. Right. Because I didn't, didn't want to go to college. Um, so I, again, I always talk about playing. I got to go crawl around in the mud, shoot guns, blow stuff up. And <laughs> for me, that was, that was what I wanted to do instead of sitting behind a desk for four more years and, and, yeah. and you know, and, and do that. So yeah, that was the reason why. And then 20 years later, there you are. All right. So let's get to where you are now. You spent two years traveling the globe, going to some incredible, a lot of the places you go to are, those places alone are like on people's bucket list to go to one of those places. Like that's my dream trip. Sometime before I die, I'm going to go to this place. And yet you're here, you're there, you're there, you're there. You're on everybody's bucket list. I think that, you know, you're doing it. So you spent two years doing that. And what do you do? You reach out to these wineries, these breweries, these businesses and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Me and my camera guy, I want to come in and film and do this. <coughs> Barb, that's, that's it. It's the art of selling, you know, yeah. the, you know, we sell it every day live. And that was the thing is, is, you know, I was getting a lot of no's. You, I talk about it, you know, any, any, any point of entry or whatever you're starting, anything, you got to prove yourself. And I think what was great about what I was doing, I, I read a, uh, you know, it's funny because Patrick Ben David, who you've had on, uh, is, yeah. is is a good friend of mine and a mentor. And as I was getting out, you know, I was like, he, he recommended a book to read. It was called Blue Ocean Strategy. I don't know if you've ever read that, but that really made me understand the direction I needed to go with Beer, Wine, and Spirits because a red ocean is what everybody else is doing in the space. Well, I knew everybody was in either beer or either wine or either spirits and never done all three. Why? Because it's tough to learn all three, you know? So, you know, after reading that Blue Ocean Strategy, I was like, wow, you know, that's that's exactly what I need to do. Um, then I'm going to show the process behind the scenes, you know? So I'm a visual conceptual when it comes to learning. That's how I learn. I don't learn. You give me a book right now and I read it. Uh, I'm probably not going to be able to apply that. Yeah. So you, I'm hands-on, then you know I'm 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 better off at doing that. So I knew my learning capability already. Obviously, 20 years in the military taught me a, a lot about being self-aware, and so I knew that was the aspect and approach that I wanted to do with videography. The, the third thing was I needed to find somebody that could do you know that style of work. You know, hold the camera and have the same creative. And one of the interesting things I tell people is that I didn't just reach out to any videographer out there. I spent weeks and weeks literally across all platforms looking for somebody with the same creative that I had in filming travel, you know, and that was like, I like their transitions. I like these shots. I like these drone shots. I'm like, wow, that's exactly how I would do it. And I reached out and I, and I only found a few and that was, that was interesting to me, but and I reached out to them. Also, I, I didn't have a budget to hire the best of the best. It was these right. young, hung, hungry kids. Who, able who to do can that. pack up and travel the world with you for two years or whatever. Yeah. And, and That's wanna, the other part of it. And want to yeah. do that, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And they're, they're passionate about that too as well. Um, so yeah. And then we, you know, we, uh, I knew I had the creative. I knew going way back, again, going way back to when I was a kid, I was writing some great stories. I was writing in the third person at like six or seven. I was winning awards, a lot of awards that I had. So that was something going way back to childhood. But my grammar sucked, you know, and I, I would get, I, I hated English. I hated grammar and, and all this stuff, but I could write a great story for the bunch of run-ons, right? So, and, and the funny thing is, is like, you know, looking back, I actually stopped writing. 
I was like, I'm not good at this. I was good at writing on the creative aspect, but I wasn't good at the grammar. But here's the thing. I stopped. So what I saw with Beer, Wine, and Spirits was I had this creative ability to tell these people's story. Don't ask me to write about it because you're going to red ink the <laughs> crap out of that. But I was able to do that in a visual aspect. And that was something that I, I'm so glad that I tapped into because I'm really starting to understand that I'm, I'm really good at this, you know, and I'm getting better every day. And I actually love, again, I enjoy that process of it. Um, and we started filming these amazing episodes from the start. And, and it was, it was interesting because I don't have a following. I don't, you know, when I first started, I had right. my brother and my mom following me and that yeah. was pretty much it. And these companies were still saying yes, based off of the content and the different, uh, you know, way of storytelling. I wasn't swirling the glass telling people yeah, this yeah, is how yeah. it tastes. They were like, you want to what? You want to come work with us and show that scene? And it was something new to them. And they were like, come on, let's come on and bring, like, I'm going to film. And that's the, that's the advantage I had. And it was the niche again that nobody else was doing yeah. um, across it. And one, one yes with the great content turned into two, turned into three to now to big brands like, you know, uh, these bigger brands that you're seeing on TV and stuff that say, hey, Jeff, we would love for you to come out and uh, tell our story. That's so cool. So typically, how long would you be at one location? Yeah, so great question. It, it all depends. One, it all depends on if I've been there or not. And I, I want to enjoy that. Like for me, Croatia was amazing. Yeah. And I wanted I stayed there a little over a month, probably uh, just because I absolutely loved it. But wine, um, you know, when I look across beer, wine and spirits like wine, is one of those that takes the longest, uh, you know, to be able to, to make and show that process. So usually with wine, I'm, I'm there for a few weeks doing that because, you know, everything happens with uh, in the vineyard and, you know, uh, a dark day or a rainy day might, uh, you know, you want to wait until that, you know, time to, time to pick the grapes and stuff like that. So wine for me is, it takes a little bit longer. Beer, obviously, you know, they have everything on you, but we can make it that day. So it all just all depends um, on what I'm making, where I'm there. And, and literally what I try to do is I try to have at least two or three stories uh, in a country that I'm going to already planned. So I already know I'm going to do that. And then when I get to the country is really deep diving with the locals and saying, okay, you know, what story should I tell? What are the places that I should go? Because my goal when I leave that country is I want people from that country to say that guy got it right. Yeah, yeah, the right things. Culturally, that's what we drink. You know, he didn't go to those big name brands or this and that. He got the right people and he told the right story from that country. And that's my my ultimate goal. You are like the Anthony Bourdain. No, but that is like Anthony Bourdain and what and what he did with food. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring you bring that up because again, you know, he. I love the shows. I I watch. I mean, I I followed him religiously, and you know, it, it it's. It, it's sad. It's sad what happened to him, you know, in 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 that whole situation. But there's a, you know, I, I the reason why I study what he does is because he did it for very long, and he wasn't going anywhere. And yeah. I always say, you know, and that's the people I, you know, I want to study from. I wanted to learn, like, and he brings that culture into it. He brings those mm-hmm. stories into it, um, and it and it's something that I can look up to because again, I didn't have a manual. I didn't have anything to study from. I mean. Who else is doing telling this and doing that? And and he was the best and the biggest role model for me and model for me that I could uh, look up to. 
So what is the plan now for these shows? What platform are people going to be able to watch them on? Uh, so again, right now is I always, it's, it's funny that you say it, Barb, because I always tell people, you know, I'm going on 20 April, I'll be two years doing this. And I'm on YouTube because that, I mean, I think YouTube is so great. It gives it, yeah, totally. creative idea, you know, it gives these people uh, that are creative, this platform to be able to share your ideas mm-hmm. with the world. But also you got to understand that it's, it's going to take some time to get off the island. I, I say that. And I love saying that because yes. when you start something, literally, you're going to have all these tools to be build this raft, to be able to get off this island. You know, you have social media, you have YouTube, you have all these tools. But don't think that you're going to put out this amazing episode like I did. I really thought I'm going to create this great content. I'm going to put it out and a million people are going to see it and boom. You know, yes, uh, it, it's not going to happen that way. And it's going to take you a quite a long time for people to understand what you're doing. And yes. that was the big misconception from me, you know, is, is I, I said, you know what, I'm going to make great content. I'm going to make the best uh, product that I can. This is the niche nobody was doing. People are going to love that. First video comes out, 100, 200 views. And I'm like, what the heck is going on, man? <laughs> and I studied the, the rules and read the uh-huh. YouTube books on how to how to get, you know, like thumbnail and title. Third video came out, 300 views, 400 views. You know, and I'm making, and I'm learning, I'm making I'm better quality videos I'm in my head, you know, in right, my right. mind. And uh, again, still the same. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because it took me, 10 months to get up, you know, a few thousand followers. And in the last two days, uh, I, 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 I picked up over 2000 followers. You know what I mean? So it, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's very difficult at first to start something and get off, get off the island to see what people see. What it, you're actually Dude, you're speaking my language, man. <laughs> I know. You know, I, know the- I know. That's, you know, we're, we're yeah. like living parallel lives, right? Barb, it's, um, it's so, you know, and that's the thing that's so tough about starting yeah. something like this. Mentally, uh, it was tough, right? Here I am, yeah. you know, six, seven months into this, a few hundred views. I'm putting my heart and soul into this. Uh, and nobody, you know, I'm like, man, this, you know, maybe this is not working. You know, six months in, I'm already having that negative talk. Right. And, and that was that was the moment where, you know, I I literally almost gave up. You know, and I said, well, you know, and, and I think a lot of people can relate to this because you're you're doing something that you're passionate, you love, but you're not getting the achievement or the, you know, that yeah. fulfillment that's um, of it, of what you're doing. You, you feel like you're working your tail off and for what, you know, and, and uh, yeah. literally I, I, I almost felt like like giving up. And yeah, at some point it has to start paying for yourself. And was that, that must've been a giant contrast too, because in service, you have a daily sense of accomplishment. I mean, you know, you have this mission, you go out, you achieve it, you can see what you're accomplishing, you have a purpose and you understand what that purpose is. And so you're struggling and you're hurting and you're sacrificing and you're going through all these things, but you know why, and so do other people. And now here you are struggling on your own doubt, you know, and, and so, so the fact that you powered through and now I feel that you are on the brink of some turning point, what you're on, what, what you're doing is so cool. And people are hungry for it. Like you said, not just for the beer, wine and spears, but for the story itself that you sold everything, you went off, you followed the dream, you're coming back, you have this great mindset, this great attitude. Are you, what about doing a tour through just American booze? I just came up with, then you could call it American spirits. (laughs) 
I love it. That's why you need a great team around you to, to yeah. bounce ideas off each other. I love it. Right. Uh, so I am doing, I am focusing a lot more uh, this year on uh, beer, wine, and spirits here in the United States. Um, I'm actually working on a here in San, that's why I'm here in San Diego. One, I'm, you know, for proficiency, I'm learning about beer and going through a, a beer program here. Um, but I'm also talking about food and beer pair, uh, food pairing. Um, I, I think it's very interesting. Um, one of the things I see traveling around the United States is breweries popping up all over. And what I want the conversation to come about is, you know, we're, you know, again, going back to community and, you know, we want to support the brewery in our community, you know, and, and everything that our community has to offer. And what I'm, what I looked at is, is, you know, when I go to a restaurant in, for example, San Diego, and I still get this wine list and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm in San Diego, the, one of the beer capitals of the United States. Why am I not? I did not know that. Yeah. And I'm, and like, I'm wondering why am I not getting a beer and, you know, a beer menu with this? So the conversation is just, you know, what do we got to do in the, um, in the restaurant side of things and for chefs to be able to create this beer and food pairing? Because what I know and what I understand is that when you compare food with drink, it's, it's luxurious. It's something out of this world. I mean, your senses, it just, it just, smiling at you right and it's it's so cool but we, we don't have to be so funneled into just wine the reason yeah. why is because society i mean we know that to be right a lot of 20 years ago a lot of people put a lot of time and effort to educating the consumer for food and wine and i think it's about time that somebody takes an active step forward and i know there's breweries doing food and wine uh, uh food and uh beer pairings and stuff but i think with my platform i would love to just bring that conversation to life um and, and talk about that amongst other things in the United States, you know, I think an interesting story that I'm doing as I'm working on is uh, going to New Zealand. They, they actually uh, created a law for home distilling, right? We here in the United States, it's, 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 it's banned. It's outlawed. Yeah. So I want to go over to New Zealand and talk about why, why did you guys, you know, uh, you know, you know, put this law into place to be able to home, uh, home distill because the way I see it is if America was to do that, it's the same as how craft brewery came about in the late seventies when Carter said, Hey guys, go out and home brew. People learned, people made a lot of mistakes, but the end result is what we have today with all these people coming up with these amazing ideas and be able to take, you know, learn from their, in their house and to be able to uh, apply that and share that information. I think distilling should be the same way. So again, I'm just bringing up a lot of these conversations for people to talk about and yeah. see. And uh, you know, there's there's some big brands that I, I obviously can't name here, but that I'm going to be working with and telling the story That's of great. Here in, the, in the United States too, as well. That's cool. You know, tequila goes well with beer. It does, and I've done. <laughs> I've, I've been down there, and funny, I went down to. I, uh, I, I saw, yeah. saw you chopping that up. That was cool. <laughs> It's hard work. And that's it looks what's so it, cool. yeah. That's what's so cool about I get a lot of people telling me, man, you know, like, oh, Jeff, it's so cool to see you doing the work. And, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I, it's it's like the micro of Beer Wine and yes. Spirits, you know. That's, You're that's a little bit of everyone. It's, it's another great. show that I really love. I, I absolutely, I, I think micro is absolutely amazing. I know. Me too. Me too. We dig him. Um, so you're going to have this show. And at some point, it's going to be out there everywhere and it's going to be going to be amazing thanks um 
where was I just going to go with this? You learned some things along the way though. And that's what I wanted to touch on. You talk about the six piece and I want to get into that because this is all fun and good, right? But you're obviously somebody who this, this isn't just like a whim. This isn't some guy with a backpack. I'm going to go drink and get wasted and travel the world and all that. Like it's a much deeper, almost like an artistic expression, you know, for you and something you're passionate about and you're bringing this to people. So it's not like you're going out there and you're like, Hey people, let's get sauced and let's see how many countries we can get drunk in and do that. You know, it's not, it's not that kind of drinking where the kind that, you know, is going to derail you to, to success. Right. But like, what is something that you would want to say to people who are like, you know, well, why one? Like, what's the value in this? Like, yeah, why? no, that's a great point. And, and really to go back, Barb, on, on to like you're talking about getting sauce. I think alcohol has such that that negative, you know, when you say the word alcohol again, it's bad, you know, and I understand <laughs> the reasons why. And I want to bring to light that, you know what? It's, it's more, it's so much about culture customs and we celebrate with it. And, you know, you enjoy it on a, you know, during sporting events and, you know, yeah, you can, after a hard day's work, you know, uh, days, you know, worth of work, you can unwind with a glass of wine or a beer. I'm telling people, you know what, let's educate you about how it is, but it's okay to do that. You know, we have these sober Januaries and our Octobers and all, why? Like, (laughs) here's the really, here's the real thing about it. Let's educate people and let's understand that, you know what, you have a choice. You know, and it comes down to choice, right? right? To be able to do that and just just understand the second and third order third order effects of your decision with alcohol. But I think if you make the choice, you can you can enjoy it. And I think it's it's so amazing for me. It's something that I absolutely love to, to sit back with old army buddies and talk about war stories over a beer, or uh, sitting in the back porch on a Sunday thinking about my next moves with a glass of whiskey and having a peace of mind. I think that's the real essence of it, you know, so that's an educational piece that I think needs to be brought to light. And I'm, I'm ready to have that conversation and challenge with, with other people that may think differently about alcohol. Yeah. Um, I love that. But yeah, but you know, one of the things when I started beer, wine and spirits again, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I just wanted to bring value in beer, wine and spirits. And what I found out is, is that there was a lot of people messaging me and I, you know, I, I have quite a big bit of following, um, that might not be beer wine and spirits drinkers, right? They were just like, Jeff, your story is, is amazing. And I get questions all the time. How do you find your passion? How do you find your purpose? How do you, so it really brought to light, like, what am I learning? Like, what am I learning on this journey? You know, like getting out of the military and, and, and I did, I came up with the six P's. I, I did that for ease. I'm not the smartest guy and I would not remember my own acronym if it was like, sounded like the alphabet. Right. So I, I came up with the six P's <laughs> and it, it starts with passion, you know, and I always tell these young kids, you know, they're like, how do you find your passion? And, and I'm saying, look, go try stuff, you know, go do stuff, go try everything you can do because you're going to find out really quick. Yes. I love this. Or you have that feeling like I did with beer, wine, and spirits where like, wow, this, I, I can't wait to do this again, even after months and months and months of doing that. And I tell another story, I tell people about passion. Look, I have a nutrition science degree. I thought that was that I'm very passionate about it, but it's not my purpose. And that was my next thing I was telling people is like, I love nutrition. I got a degree in it, but when I woke up and do it, it's not the same as it was with beer, wine, and spirits. It was not this gut feeling, you know, and, and just wanting to, to go out there and do it. And that's when I knew beer, wine and spirits was my purpose, listening to my mind, my heart, 
and my gut on, on that, those things. And, and what I tell people is when you, when you go, when you switch from that and your purpose, you have to go all in. You have to trust it. Now, mind you, you have to posture yourself to be able to do that. You have, you know, daily expenses, you have life to live, you know, and all that. Um, but go all in, you know, and, and that was my second P of the, the, the six P's. You know, the third, the third P in that is proficiency. Look, I've been doing this for two years. People are starting to ask me what, uh, about this. And I can't just, uh, you've got to learn and become a master at this craft, you know. And if you love it and you're passionate about it, you can't wait to learn and study and, and understand it. But I think, you, you know, proficiency is a big thing. And I'm always learning about beer, wine, and spirits. It's overwhelming at times, not going to lie. But at the end of the day, I can't wait to open up a book and learn about it and, and become more proficient and bring as much value as I can uh, to people out there, uh, you know, globally. Um, next one. So we got three. We got uh, passion, purpose, proficiency. And the next one, I, I say pain. And this one really drives home to me and, and, and suffering. I think when you start something like this, you're going to suffer. You're going to have pain. You're going to feel like quitting. And one thing, you know, that I have an edge on that, you know, being in the military is that I, I went through a lot of schools. I went through a lot of pain and a lot of struggling and stuff like that. And um, I learned a lot about myself. And you're going to go through that. You're going to feel like giving up. And I always tell people to always, there's a voice in my head. I Even today, and I'm sure a lot of, you know, I'm sure you can relate, Barb, you're still going to be next. There's still times my mind, even this morning was like, Jeff, what are you doing? Like, what are you, come on, you know, really go travel the world. You don't need to be doing this. And I have to have that positive voice built in to shut that negative voice out. But understand that you're going to have pain and you're always going to have pain through this, the peaks and valleys. And that's what really makes that journey extra, extra special. Um, the, the next one after, after pain is partnerships. I tell people my beer, wine, and spirits channel would be cool, but I tell you what, I wouldn't gain the success and uh, of, of what I'm doing without these amazing and creative videographers that could take my wild and crazy ass ideas and make them into stuff that you, you know, the people out there are watching. Uh, I couldn't do this without, without them. And I wouldn't be here today without them. And that even looking back at the military, right? I mean, the success, everything comes, you know, off, off the people to your left and to your right. So team, you know, partnerships are, are, are key, key for me. And the last one, yeah, we, we hit on about the island is patience. You know, I, uh, you know, when I started this, I thought I was going to have that viral moment, you know, six months making great videos. I was going to have this amazing thing kick off. And I almost gave up after eight months, almost a year. That's a long time. But in reality, it's just a blink of the eye. And I think about it every day now. Here I am, again, just 22 months into this. But I'm having the most people, the most viewers, the, the you know, people coming to me, you know, uh, telling me how amazing it is, more opportunities than I ever have before. And I always think about if I would have gave up at month eight, I would have never known the successes that I would have, you know, you know, uh, you know, three months after that. So patience. Just have patience. Yeah. And that's a good point you made. If you had given up the one day, 
you would never know, right? A lot of people stop when you're you're almost there, right? It's just <laughs> like if they had just gone over one more hill, they would have they would have made it, but they'll never know <clears throat> because they stop, which is sad and unfortunate. But a lot of people give up, and it's hard. You gotta you gotta really want it. You gotta believe in it. You gotta find a way to make everything else work and juggle. And like you said, the negative noise and. And what people are saying, well, you're not getting paid yet. You didn't monetize this yet. Like, dude, back off. Like, you know, I'm becoming great as fast as I can. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, Brene Brown yeah. said something that was really interesting was that, uh, you know, you know, without even the negativity, you're going to get it. And I get it. And the more and more you grow, the more and more you're going to get that yes. the negativity. And one thing I, I really was amazing to hear was that, remember, you're in the arena. You know, they're in the seats. Right. You're the one in the arena doing this, you know, um, and, and that for me is so powerful. And it, I just, every, I tell myself that every, every single day. And you know what I have found? And I think, I feel like you're going to agree with this too. It's the people, whatever you're doing, you strike out, you have delays, you have this or that. It's never the people who are also out there doing their own thing and taking their own risks and doing that, who look at you and say, Oh dude, you like, you're not here yet. Those people are always like, man, it takes balls to do what you're doing. You know, rock on, you're going to get there. And it's all, it's everyone who has never tried anything who is most critical. I think like you just said, same thing. All right. I know we're going to wrap this up here. Um, but I want to ask you the question because at American snippets, we, we talk a lot about the American dream, right? Patriotism is important to us, vastly important to us, but we know the American dream is something different for everyone. We believe it's alive and well, it's important to us. We got tired of hearing people knock it, complain about this country, you know, blame it for their own lack of fulfillment. We knew that there's a lot of people out there doing great and unusual and unique things with their lives like you are, right? But we, we think the key is that the American dream is different for everybody. It's not a cookie cutter version that you have to have the white picket fence and the family and all that. So I want to ask you, how would you define your own American dream? Yeah, it's just, it's having these, for me, it was, it was having these crazy and wild idea and dreams and be able to make that come alive. You know, I, I travel the world and that, that's why so many people, come to America, you know, because America wants and allows you to do that, you know, and, and for me, that's, that's, that's the dream is I could sit here and say, I love beer, beer, wine and spirits. I want to bring value to the world. And I could take that idea and then I can make that a reality. And I can make that a reality through hard work, dedication through the six P's that I talked about, make that my make that my, uh, my dream and make that come alive. Love it. Thank you. So if people want to find you online, follow what you're doing, talk to you about sponsoring you, what you're doing, invite you to their brewery or their facility. How do they go about finding you and connecting with you? Yeah. Well, first I would say, please go to my YouTube channel. Uh, it's, it's beer, wine and spirits and let me know how I'm doing. I love feedback. I, I love when people tell me, uh, Hey, you know, do this or try this or go to this brewery and try this brewery. So yeah, go to YouTube and please let me know how I'm doing there. If you want to follow my day to day, you know, Instagram right now is, is where I'm at it, at beer underscore wine underscore spirits. And then at Facebook, I throw videos up there every now and then at Jeff Bradford beer wine and spirits. Awesome. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. I'm super excited to see where you're going, continue following you and um, be able to say that we are one of the first people who 
who caught you caught you early. Yeah. Back awesome. in the day. Thank you so much, Barb. I really appreciate that. <laughs> like, I think you're going to look back on this interview someday and be like, oh my God, that's where I started. <laughs> or whatever. You're like, that was the interview. I, whatever. But, <laughs> but it's all good. It's great. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. There you have it. That wraps up another episode of American's Tippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'd like to personally thank Jeff Bradford for being here as well and sharing his story. If you got any value out of today's episode or any episode that we've done in the past, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, make sure you visit us online. Share this one of your favorite episodes on social media, on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, you can visit our website, americansnippets.com, to see the full-featured article that we did on Jeff Bradford. You can re-listen to this podcast, watch the video interview we did with him in its entirety. Uh, we also include some social media links there that you can use to follow Jeff Bradford on his journey to living this new version of his American dream. So again, we appreciate you being here today. We'll see you next week. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. Take care. Yeah.